and the man was beat for it. The man was whipped for it. He was shipwrecked. I mean, he, Paul suffered for preaching, you are saved by grace through faith. Welcome back to another episode on the LCP with my dear friend Joe Hodel. We're going to be talking about why faith is important. I know we can have so many questions on what is faith? How do we grow in our faith? How do we have faith? What is it? We're going to answer all those questions in this conversation. So I hope you guys are blessed, encouraged, and this just equips you to grow in the gospel. So without further ado, let's get in it. I'm here with my dear friend Joe um, in this week's conversation. And the title of this episode is called Why Faith is Important. It's actually going to be one of the first series um, of the podcast. And the series name is called Infinity Stones of the Gospel. If you guys listened to our conversation earlier in the beginning of this journey with the Life Change Podcast, I do recommend listening to that one. That was just such a great conversation. It was a couple years ago. Um, so Joe, I you're, you're just one of those men in the faith that I highly respect. We have uh, a long-lasting and just quality friendship brotherhood uh, could you share a little bit about who you are with everyone and how we know each other and yeah just our relationship over the years absolutely so um you know we as john mentioned you know we met in the in the in the qc here when he was here still a little salty that he left um but it's awesome for him to be around family. And he is to this day, he is, we met through a mutual friend of, of ours and he is still in my phone contacts as John parentheses, Caleb's friend. Um, I'll probably have him as in that, in my contacts as that until the day I die, it's set in stone. <laughs> um, so we met through a mutual friend here and, uh, you know, we just we grew in relationship through through church and small group, and just we uh, we kind of have a, a the early iteration of this, I guess, is we would just meet Sunday mornings before church at you know six o'clock, seven o'clock, depending on what time, and, and we would just sit and, and talk, dig into the word, and um, so we really developed developed a friendship through there, and and um, as far as as far as who I am and what I um, doing with myself, um, hold a, hold a regular, regular job working at an architecture firm with an awesome bunch of people. And, um, I've been there for five ish years, something like that. I just got married this past year in May. So it hasn't been a quite a full year, um, to my amazing wife, Elizabeth. And congratulations. Thank you, John. You were there. That was you you blessed blessed me with your presence all the way up from Texas, <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's been a it's been an awesome year and just kind of moving in together and then you know relearning patterns and rhythms of now living with another person twenty four seven after living by myself. Um, 
which means I can't sing at the top of my lungs at 1030 at night anymore because she's sleeping. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, just excited about 2023. I, I'm, I'm just kind of continually hopeful that every, every day, every week, every year we truck a little further from COVID things continue to be a little bit more normal or at least that normal in a way that everyone's not afraid of every sneeze and cough and and you know we can we can still gather together and anyways so yeah John and I've been talking about he brought he brought up brought up this idea to me um, of the, the infinity stones of the gospel and I think it's cool that we're starting and I, to me, I don't know, John, if you plan this, but it seemed kind of organic how you started it is you just called me the other day and you start talking to me about faith and we just had a conversation. And um, so now we're launching off like what, I guess the first stone of, of faith. And, and what's so cool is it being the first one is, um, and I think we can get into this a little bit more, but, but Paul, you know, he, he above everyone else constantly uses the term the faith as in kind of in the same way I was thinking about it, John, as you said, you know, the, the affinity stones of the gospel and it's like, okay, what is the gospel? And in a big part of the gospel is the faith. And, you know, it's, it's, synonymous solely was faith faith like when you, you say the word what does it mean and and what are the implications of it and how does that play out in, in believers or i guess even non-unbelievers lives you know so um i think john you had a couple kind of baseline questions to get it going um not that we probably don't need too much help getting it going but where where were you kind of thinking of starting off leaping off from gosh well the title is why faith is important. And I think to start this off, I think we need to know what faith is. Like, what is faith? And where can we find that in Scripture? Um, so if you guys jump over to Hebrews 11, the writer of Hebrews, um, I say the writer because it's debated, um, on who actually wrote it, but anywho, um, Hebrews 11, one says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. And it later says in, in the next verse for by it, the people of old received their commendation by faith. We understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Um, and later, that whole chapter, chapter 11, just goes through the uh, amazing just men and women of the faith in the Old Testament, how they were, you know, they, they were counted as righteous by their faith. Um, and I'm going to jump over to verse... Um, to verse 32 and it, and he says like, what more shall I say after he lists all these people that walked by faith in the old Testament, he says, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, 
Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. And there's a little more than that, but it's just like, wow, he's putting an emphasis um, or she is putting an emphasis on what faith is. Incredible. So going back to chapter 11, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I, I think it's important to know, like, okay, what does assurance mean? Um, Joe, I know you and I talked about about this, like assurance, and I did a little bit of study on that, um, and I, I did I did hear like in the Greek it is before before we coined it as like a self confidence. Um, the actual term was more of like a scientific and medical term of an underlying reality of something, and. In scripture, it talks about how we are citizens of heaven, right? There is a kingdom reality and an earthly reality. And I was talking to my friend Glenn this morning at Bible study about, okay, what, 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 what can we kind of relate this to? And I related it to the wind. And there's a scripture where Jesus talks about the wind as well. Yeah. Um, but I related it to the wind because it exists. It's real. It's a thing, but you can't see it, but you see it through the trees and the leaves and the things that sway by it. You see its effects. Exactly. You see the effect of the wind. You see the effects of faith. You see the effects of a kingdom reality in the natural realm, in the earthly realm. And that's very, very true. And some of that is like the fruit of the spirit. Um, some of that is miracles that we see even still to this day. Um, it's a, it's living by a kingdom reality here on earth. Um, so yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, just, you, you have, you have this confidence um, that 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 there's a greater there's another reality that you live by. So yeah, and, and conviction, you know, the conviction of things not seen. I think that's very important because I don't believe it's a conviction as in you're convicted of a crime, right? Like and shame, guilt, and comes upon you. Like no, it's it's more of like an encouraging an encouraging um like there's 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 something in you that bears witness to that greater reality and it's like i know that's yeah. true i know yeah. i know that i know that that is true um and and it, it, it encourages you it convicts you to live in that reality of the kingdom um so yeah, that that was th those were kind of my thoughts on, you know, this this little scripture passage right here. Now, faith is the assurance of things 
hope for the conviction of things not seen. Uh, yeah, Joe, was there anything you'd like to add to that? You know, I was thinking about it as you were talking, I was thinking kind of, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that I think I believe. Um, but then when I weigh the, the outcome or the, the, the end result against maybe, you know, same or similar situations in the life of Jesus, he experienced a different outcome than what I may have experienced in that moment, praying for the sick or, you know, contending for healing um, or, you know, whatever it is, but believing that I'm going to see this promise that I can't see with my eyes, but to some degree I know, or I've grasped in my heart. And I always think like, you know, in this conversation, like I, I don't have all the answers. Um, I definitely am passionate about a lot of things that I, I believe are like, you know, sending me in the right direction and that I'm seeing fruit and growth in my own life through, but you know, I don't, I don't have all the answers. And sometimes it's, it's like that thing where I don't want to get caught like the devil in the details in the sense that like, I believe that I have a measure of faith, but I don't always see the expression of, of that matching what I feel like I believe. And to me, that leaves me in the place of always striving and, and believing that I'm both complete in Christ and continually growing up into him at the same time. And uh, so I just think it, thinking about, um, the the like every, we're the launch off scripture that we talked about in, in Hebrews eleven verse one and and uh, the other thing that that grabs me on that scripture, um, you know, we kind of touched on this a little bit yes uh, the other day when we talked. John was like, "There's faith has has a time to it as well." Like right at the very the very beginning of of chapter 11 it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for so when is faith right now now faith is the substance of things hoped for and it just like i hear jesus you know his words ringing in in my ears where he's where he's talking you know through the the beatitudes and through you know, in teaching through parables when he's saying like, hey, you know what, you, you can't you can't do anything with yesterday. You can't do anything like the future's not here. So it's it's right now. Like you can't be worried about what you're going to eat or you're going to drink. Like know that right now you have a living and present reality that even though you might not see it, like the bird doesn't see the the, the wind that's carrying it. But that, that bird jumps off, off the limb and, and gets soaring like you're living right now in this moment, this present reality that you may not be able to see. And that's, that's important. I think at least for me in my walk, cause I can't, you know, constantly you sometimes think, Oh, well I missed it. Or if it didn't happen right here in this moment, you know, I may, I may lose, um, you know, some enthusiasm or I may, you know, think, Oh, well, you know, I just, well, I missed it. I must not have been in, you know, doing this right or that right. And all of a sudden my, my mindset can shift into this thing. Like it has something to do with me. Like, oh, well, I did this wrong. Or I did that wrong. Or I should have. And in reality, it's like, no, faith, faith, like 
it's right now. So if it, it does like if it's you you don't grow weary in well doing, and well doing is believing the promise of faith that you can't see. So it's like you keep pressing on and realize that when his faith was right now. Well, I thought I had faith like yesterday and I didn't see it happen, but guess what? When is faith right now? Stop looking at yesterday, live right now. Faith is now, faith is. And to me, that's that's um that's important. And like when Paul um, wrote, I think it's in Second Corinthians six, and he says he's quoting Isaiah, and he says, you know, an accept in an acceptable time, um, you will hear them. In an acceptable day, you will save them. And Paul says, today is the acceptable day. Today is the day of salvation. He's saying, like, hey, right now, today's the day. You know, seize it right now. And don't don't get caught in yesterday. Don't get tripped up worrying about tomorrow right now. Now faith is. And I think that, you know, I want to keep unpacking that and letting the Holy Spirit um, grow a a deeper richness of that revelation in my heart and in my life. And um, because, man, every there's there's always situations and, and circumstances that are vying and screaming for our attention to get our, our, our eyes off of the faith. And, you know, we can, again, I don't know if it's right to jump into that in that moment, but I think about how Paul, you know, again, in, in Colossians, he does, a, he, in all of his writings, he uses the term, the faith. And wherever it is, John, you could probably tell me, but where he says he's talking about his life as a drink offering. And he says, you know, I'm poured out. I have kept the faith. And he uses it as this term that I've come to kind of to know and grab hold of is like what you said. And what I thought was awesome the way you opened it. You said, like, it's this underlying reality that we might not see with our eyes, but we're we're built we're we're standing on it foundationally and it's not letting anything else shift our our perspective from actually seeing that kingdom reality be manifest right here in this world like like the prayer jesus taught us to pray and i'm thinking about like that paul's paul he's saying the faith in the way that he's saying i have kept this understanding, this perspective that I, and I have not wavered from it and I have not moved from it. Like you are, you you are saved by grace through faith. And I know that was something that you mentioned, you know, John as well. It's like, what, what does that, what does that mean? What does it mean to be saved by grace through faith? Like, what are what are your thoughts on that? Whew, this is so good. Um, so this morning I was talking about how two pow- you have two power lines, right? Uh, two poles, and then in between there's a line. And I think we can relate that to faith. Uh, my younger brother's a lineman. He's just, I, maybe this is where I, I, I got it from. And uh, he's amazing, by the way. Um, follow him on TikTok. <laughs> um Anyways, so you have these two poles, and then you have this line. But in order for 
the line is designed to carry electricity through it. And I would relate the line to faith. Now, we are saved by grace through faith, right? So, there, there, I think, I believe grace is twofold. It is the very power, empowerment to walk as Christ walked. But it is also the unmerited favor of God as well. So, in order, in order for us to have grace, we must first have faith in what Christ has done on the cross for us. And if you look in Colossians, Colossians, turning there now, 2, verse 6, it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Well, okay, Paul, um, what does that mean, though? Like, what does that mean? Uh, well, how did I receive him? And if you turn, and that's twofold. You mentioned the first one. It's by grace through faith that we are saved. That's 50%, right? It's actually the whole thing, but it's 50% of the blueprint I want to give you um, on why faith is so important for the believer, if you turn to Romans 10, uh, Romans 10, verse 9, we'll, we'll actually we'll go to 10. Um, it says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture Why? says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Um, and it it also goes on to say that it is a gift so that no one may boast. What does that mean? That means you don't work for your salvation. Your salvation is given to you as a gift. What do we do with the gift? We receive it. We have the option to reject it or receive it. Right. And so in order to receive that gift of salvation, you must first believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that, you know, Christ died on the cross for you for your sins in order that you can be right with God and 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 have right standing with him. And that is exactly the same way that you grow up in him. You receive, you receive the word, you receive the grace, you receive, you, you, how, how do we grow our faith? We'll get, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but yeah, it's, it's by grace through faith, but you must believe in your heart that it, he actually died for you. And what he, what he actually did when he died on that cross was he talked about it in the Holy Communion, what his bread, what his body represented, and what his blood represented. And that blood represents purity from all of our sin. We were born into a sinful world ever since Adam and Eve fell in the garden. We now inherited that sinful nature. 
But thanks be to God that Christ came and defeated sin. And Paul even goes to say, consider yourself dead to sin. We've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, but Christ in me. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, that's what he did on the cross. And we, we, we have to have faith that what he did is powerful enough to save us from the power of sin, to, to actually continually sanctify us to become more like him by grace through faith, by grace through faith. Everything is by grace <clears throat> through faith. So you got me thinking about a couple of things now. <laughs> and there's like, this conversation could go on for hours because there's a lot of, there's a lot of Bible about faith. But what you got me stirred up thinking about is um, we're, we're coming in, you know, in Colossians, you know, as you've received him, so walk in him. And we're, we're coming, we're saved by grace through faith. And I, I'm, I'm not sure where it is, but I know it's in the Bible. It's in my heart. It says that, that it's, it's faith through, through like what you're saying, this conduit of faith, that's what pleases God. And it says, for you must believe in him that he that he is in order to even confess that he's your Lord. And like I'm sitting in my living room right now and God is not physically standing in front of me. Now, you know, we could go down the metaphysical thing of saying, well, everything exists in Christ and it's held together and, and, and I can see him and all of that. And I can. But. You know what I mean? Like he's not a tangible body in front of me. So there has to be some measure of like, again, using the scripture, the deep calling to the deep and me saying, man, there's got to be something more to this. And I'm going to profess to whatever degree in my heart, I believe that you exist. I'm going to profess that to you. And it's like that's that born again place where you begin growing up and like what kind of faith is it like, you know, it makes me think about um, John three where J Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he's saying like, Hey, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, well, I can't go back into my mother. That doesn't make sense. And again, Jesus is trying. And that's where Jesus, you, you brought up him talking about the wind. Like that's where he brings up the wind. Like, He's trying to explain something that isn't necessarily in, at least in this dispensation, as readily, openly visible to everyone from the standpoint. Of, I mean, many people, if you're saved, you can't, you can't see the things of the kingdom, inherit the, you know, understand the things of the kingdom. But he's trying to express this thing that no one's ever really experienced to, to speak of. And how do you, how do you express that? And that's what Jesus says. Well, if I tell you of earthly things and you don't understand, how can I tell you of heavenly things? But he's, he's illustrating this foundational truth that all of a sudden, when you begin to see it, a whole lot of other things begin to make sense. Like, you know, man, like it, it like where Paul says in Romans, Romans one, where he's saying like, look, for like no one will be without excuse for no other fact than look around at the world that is created. Like you cannot, you cannot just deny that some 
someone, God, created this world with intelligence, with unbelievably infinite complexity, created all of this. As Paul's saying, like, even just looking around you, you have to believe that there's something more that, that you maybe haven't seen yet. And that's that's the God of the Old Testament. Of That's Jesus expressing who God is to us and then passing the torch off to us who say that we believe. And we're saying, okay, Lord, like, you know, and, and I'm kind of over here like, hey, you know, I, I got a, I got a measure of faith, but Lord, give like help me with some more, you know, give me some more because there's again, there's there's this inexhaustible thing that like we're trees that can literally just never stop growing in in size and stature into him. There's an infinite amount of room to grow into him, and uh, I just think in pinning back to uh, Colossians, like as we've received that people have phenomenal testimonies um, in, 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 in their own right, every testimony is phenomenal because it's the power of God and displayed. And we get good at judging those things. But like, I mean, when I got saved, when I really began giving my life to Christ, it wasn't like all of a sudden, bam, the heavens opened up and I saw Jesus and like, so, or, or I, you know, I, believe it or not, John, I wasn't one of the the apostles, the original disciples, and <laughs> and I did I wasn't like walking with the flesh and blood God man Jesus Christ, and you know, sharing dinner with him and watching him perform miracles. I didn't see any of that stuff. So I received him by faith, and what I think is so cool about that, that one verse in Colossians, as you've received him, so walk in him. And so he's saying, like, look, this whole thing is driven by faith. But what's more, and there's, again, there's like, my mind's going in 40,000 different directions. But I know it. <laughs> Lord, like, help us. Faith, like, faith is this, is again, like you said, the power line. But there is even something more than that, because I was thinking about this today. Faith in, in Galatians, Paul tells us that as as grace, as you were saying, like faith is that kind of like this conduit that grace comes through. That there's also a conduit that faith comes through. And that's love. Paul tells us in Galatians 5 that faith worketh through love. And so. I'm thinking, okay, well, man, what does that mean? And, and I, I hear, I hear like first Timothy one, five kind of ringing in my ears where Paul says, guys, the whole goal of the commandment is love. Like the whole goal of everything we're doing here is love. Why? Because it's the image of who God is. And if you really get down to it, love, man, is it's, it is gushy, sappy, like, oh, let me just hold you. But it's also an all-consuming fire that wants to destroy anything that isn't of itself. Because, man, I don't know if, if anybody's ever, like, if you've ever experienced this ridiculous, unmerited love that is, like, overwhelming to you. Why in the world would everyone not want to live and abide and, and find their being in that? And so yeah. love is, is like, love is judgment. Like 
the love, the judgment is the fire of his love consuming all of the, the trash that we've given ourselves to some, sometimes maybe some, to some degree unbeknownst to, like you said, we were, we were born into Adam and judgment is like his love. That is a fire of his love saying, no, I made you for so much more than that. I'm going to burn up everything inside of you that doesn't look like me because I made you for my image. And so what do you think, John, before I get going too crazy, but what do you think about the, the, the dynamics of faith working through love? Bro, I think that that is absolutely amazing. And I do believe that is truth. Um, let me just jump back real quick to Hebrews 11, because this is 11, 6. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. See, um, that's the Bible verse I said, but I knew you would know where it was. hundred percent. Come on, <laughs> um, man. It's so good. It brings us life, but like, he rewards those who seek him. How do we grow in love? We seek him. We get to know him. He, he expresses his love to us by abiding in him, by getting to know him. It's amazing. God wants to love on us more than we want to receive his love. I'm going to say that again. God wants to love on us more than we want to receive his love. He really does. He wants to talk to us more than we want to get to know him. You know? Yeah. And if, if I'm honest, that's a prayer that I've been praying. He, Lord, he, like, he really does. It, it, Lord, expand my capacity to, to truly receive your love. You know, because it, it, it honestly it almost anchors itself a little bit in this scripture that faith worketh through love. Well, if faith is what pleases God and it's this huge foundation of the Christian life, and it's all predicated on love, on, on the revelation of who God is, like, how can I work in faith if I don't really understand that he loves me? Right. And I think it's very, very, very important to understand because this is the character of God. This is who God is verbatim. God is love, right? Like God is love. It's his nature. It's his being. It's who he is. Um, and if we were to go to one of the scriptures I brought up earlier in our conversation, um, I believe it was, man, Lord, help me. Um, in Acts, it was in Acts. And in Acts, this is amazing because in this context, he is talking to some Stoic philosophers who worship different gods. But they, Paul stands in the midst of them. He sees all these different idols and things. He, and this is what he says to them. We have to know this. Um, because you, you mentioned this lingo a little bit earlier in this conversation. It says, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, 
to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Um, and a little bit further down, he says, In him we live and move and have our being. He is literally quoting something that isn't scripture. He's quoting, he says, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. He's quoting some of their Stoic philosophers. Like they have, they have this somewhat of a grasp that there is a higher power. There is a God, but they just don't know. They don't know the one true God, you know, mm. but something in them is trying to express and they wanted to hear more about Paul. He's like, you're the, the, <laughs> before, but just prior to him addressing uh, the men of Athens, they say, may we know what this new teaching is that you may, that you are presenting for you bring some strange, strange things to our ears. <laughs> and so like, they're curious of this kingdom reality, right? What do you know? Like you obviously know something. What do you know? We see it. We hear it. We want to know more. Um, that's not always the case for a lot of people that hear the gospel, um, as we know. But in this case, they wanted to know more. And I believe it's very important to note that in him we live and move and have our being. It is so true because Jesus himself in scripture says, he says that I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely no nothing. thing. Nothing. What does that mean? That we have to abide in him. We literally have to be a part of him. And the way that we become a part of him is by receiving him in our hearts. Right? Like we receive, we, we become a child of God by receiving Christ in us by, by grace through faith and what he did on that cross for us. So understanding the reality that why did Jesus come? Why did he do it? Why did he do it? John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that all who believe in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the gospel, bro. And this is where we just say, gosh, the gospel. The gospel. The gospel. <laughs> like, really, it really is. Why, why did he do it? Because he loves us. Because, because he, he loves. loves us. He loves. That's the very nature of God. How do we know that we are gods? We are God's offspring. We love. We love. We show grace, we show mercy, we show compassion, we show, we, we see the fruit of the spirit displayed. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, faithfulness, 
we see those fruit displayed. Now, does it mean that you're perfect in 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 walking in that character? We this is where we you know kind of go into um, that there is still sin is still present. It still knocks at our door, but we have to understand as believers, sin is defeated. We are no longer under the power of sin, but actually under the power of grace, the empowerment to walk as Christ Jesus walked through the Spirit. The Word says, for if you walk by the Spirit, you will gratify the desires of the Spirit. But if you walk by the flesh, you'll gratify the desires of the flesh. Therefore, keep in step with the Spirit. So that's how we move and live and have our being is through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We can't, we can't just give two-thirds of the gospel or, or, or two-thirds of God because God is a triune, triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We must acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is an actual person, three persons in one, and he is our counselor our teacher, our comforter. And this is how we move, live, and have our being in God is through the Spirit, by grace, through faith, to walk out this kingdom reality here on earth and to glorify Christ who is in heaven. Um, And I will say this one last thing before I hand the mic over. Paul talks about if I have faith, you know, if I have all the faith to do this and do that and and know all this, but I don't have love, it's nothing. It's it's. I'm not even sure what he actually says. I should bring up the verse, but he's he he's he's telling us that love is vital. It is important. It is more important for you to express love than to have all the faith in the world, than to have all the knowledge in the world. Um, Thank you for turning there, by the way. Um, (laughs) Wait, you heard that? It's important, guys. I love it. Yes. Well, that's that's like, you know, is so awesome about what, well, you know, what Paul's saying here. So sometimes we, we see faith in faith, like scripturally, it is a gift, like you can move and operate in the like you the gift of faith, and I can only think of a couple times in my life where it has come on me like that, and it's I don't know how else to explain it, but like I think most of the times that it's happened, it's been um, praying for healing in somebody, and it wasn't it was like the gift of faith like rose up inside of me, and it was it was like. I'm going to go pray for this person and there is no other option but for them to be healed. And I wish it was like, I mean, I wish it was like that every time, but I mean, I remember even a small group here, uh, a couple came in the, and the woman came in and literally couldn't even speak. She, she was dealing with something was going on in her throat and she couldn't even, she couldn't talk. And I remember as soon as she said it, I was like, no, that thing's going. And, as we as we kind of dug into the word and, and and went through small group, we opened it up to prayer at the end. And I remember like she's sitting on the couch and I get up and I'm like, hey, is it OK if I come? I'm actually like 
put my hand on you and I'm gonna pray for you. This this thing's going. Like it's going. And I don't even I can't even explain like the boldness that like the the faith like this well of faith came up. And it was like I just, you know, praying on her and just believing, knowing that like every word I utter, God's like right there, bam, punching, like pound and pulling that thing out. And I said, you know, pray for her. And it was short, quick prayer. And and I said, so start talking. And she starts trying to talk and it sounds kind of painful, honestly. And and I said, I'm gonna pray one more time. I'll pray again. And I and I kid you not, but like minute and a half later, she's talking like she didn't have a single issue at all. And I'm thinking like, dang, but I, and I can't even hardly, I like, I can't even hardly describe like just the boldness that it was, it was literally like, no, this thing's going, it has no other option. And it, it was, oh, it's almost like that where Jesus praises the centurion of like, man, I've never seen such great faith in, in my travelings. Like, like, he says, well, I'm a man under authority. If you say go, they'll go. So if you don't have to come to my house. Just say the word. And Jesus is like, wow, marveling at that faith. And I'm like, I, man, Lord, I want that kind of faith. And, and so there's this gift of faith. But then there's like what Paul's talking about, I think, as well, is the faith. This perspective that we live by. And so he's, he's talking like you started quoting out of First uh, Corinthians 13, where Paul's saying like, Though I have the gift of prophecy and 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 he like think about this and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Like, hang on a minute. If I had the understanding of all mysteries and all knowledge, you're literally you're that like that's that's literally like God. You have every you have you have every knowledge of every mystery. You have all knowledge, and though I have faith, so that I could move every mountain. This is like the keynote speaker at every Christian conference. This is the greatest Christian celebrity of all. Yet, if he has love, he has nothing, and I, and and like. I wanted to read the that same verse, Galatians 5, faith working through love out of the Passion Translation, because it's like, it's going where I was going with, with this. It says, all that matters now is living in the faith that works and expresses itself through love. And so that's, that's, a, I mean, that's a hundred percent what Paul's saying here in, in um, Corinthians 13 is he's saying like, dude, you can do, you, you can have this faith as a gift and you can see mountains moved It's Jesus. And I think it's Matthew seven where he's talking about, Hey, in that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did not cast out devils. Didn't I move in these things that most would say, wow, you must have great faith. Look at the signs and wonders and miracles that you performed. And does it take faith to do that? Absolutely. But he's also saying like, if that faith is not through the conduit of love, it's absolutely bankrupt. And if you don't like what, like what John says in first John, he says, look, this is one, there's one way, you know, that, you know, God, if you don't love 
you don't know God. And I don't, man, obviously we could go down the, the long conversation of what is love because the world has its own definition and is constantly changing what that means and trying to push it on, you know, any, anybody and everybody. But like there is, there is a true reality of what love is. And when we get anchored and grounded in that thing, like that's where, that is where faith can absolutely grow in. And it like back into Colossians, as you've received him, so, you know, you run it through, well, how did I receive one? Well, first, I, to some degree in my heart, I believe that he died for me. So I, like Jesus says, out of, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And like um, Proverbs, I think it says, you know, as for as a man thinketh in his heart, so, so shall he be. Mm-hmm. So like the expression of your life is going to be what you believe in your heart. And so to some degree, I believe Jesus is Lord. So I'm professing that with my mouth by faith in whatever, you know, mustard seed of faith that I have that then gets planted in the soil. And all of a sudden what was dead, this dead seed begins to grow this new resurrection, like this, this tree, this plant, this thing is huge. That is beautiful. That doesn't look anything like the seed. And is growing up. And Paul talks about that again in, in Corinthians something, 13 or no, 14, 15, something, where he's talking about, you know, dead seeds and new the new plant. But, you know, just thinking about how foundational love is to faith and keeping the faith that Paul seemed to, to, to kind of continually talk about. We got to keep the faith. It is rooted and grounded in love. So love is like this is the foundation of faith. And then through faith, like, I mean, again, we could go into James, like faith without works is dead. So what you believe in your heart will be the expression of your life. But understand that you can do the expression without truly believing it in your heart and be doing it under the place of a legalistic, well, I better do the right thing. Good intention, wrong drive. Wrong, I, I guess, but good intention, misunderstanding. Right. Um, you know what? You, you just reminded me of the biblical definition of love and like what love is or what love isn't. Um, and I'm going to go there real quick. Um, But before I do, you did mention that scripture again in Colossians. And we're going to get into, okay, guys, I hear what you're saying. Faith is important. But, like, how do I, how do I get faith? How do I grow faith? Like, like, I get it. Like, I prayed for this, and it didn't happen. Like, I, I feel like I believe this, but it didn't happen. Like, what do I do? What do I do to grow my faith? Um, and we're, I'm going to get to that here in a second. We're going to talk about that. And I believe the Lord's just going to 
he's going to be so gentle and, and gracious because he 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 just he's given us the tools to walk this out but it's not a burdensome walk you got to understand that like a tree rest part part of 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 walking through this life by grace through faith is resting in what god has already done the weight and pressure is off of you it's now your time to receive and by that receiving that's where you live and move and have your being in all that you do man i i, I that was from the lord right there um but colossians Colossians, let me get there. That same two, scripture. Two, two and six. Yes. Therefore, as you receive Christ, we're going to talk about the second part. Therefore, as you receive Christ, Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in who? In him. Let's say that again. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. That to me reminds me of when Jesus said, whoever builds their house on the rock, many winds and waves beat against it, but it did not fall. You are established on the rock. You are established in the faith, in Christ, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. So, so good, guys. We are built up in Christ. Very, very important. We are established in that kingdom reality, in that underlying reality of the kingdom through Christ. And and we're called to abound in thanksgiving. And if you have a thankful heart, thanksgiving, if you remember what Jesus has done for you often, how joyful and grateful your heart will be, um, how content and life life will radiate radiate through your eyes um but love let's get to love because i can i hear, yeah go ahead can, bro. I, can i let me just tag in on something real quick because here's here's the thing i think can be really easily um kind of misjudged or overlooked and i think this is going to play right into what you're like where you're going is it the gospel is so simple and that's why we struggle with it. Again, Paul writes when he's writing to the Corinthians, and I think Second uh, Corinthians, it's chapter nine or eleven, one of the two. If there's even eleven, uh, whatever. Um, he but he writes and says, "Guys, I, I I have this godly jealousy for you, for you. Have, I have betrothed you to one husband, but I I'm a, I." I'm afraid that just as the serpent deceived Eve, so too will you be deceived from what? The simplicity that is in Christ. And I said, Lord, when I was reading that, I said, Lord, what's the, what, what is the simplicity of it? He said, read a couple lines back up, that I have betrothed you to one husband. Like I've been, like I, you, John, like every anybody listen, like you've been bought with a price and now he's not going to come slap a net over you and make you love him you have to you have to receive that love and say yes i, I mean I'm, I'm in this for you i'm going to love you back i'll be your bride and it's funny you know I, 
as dudes saying that, but <laughs> like, because we think in the physical and the natural of like, oh, you know, girl, guy, and in and, and unfortunately, we like bring a sexual connotation into it sometimes that it, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Like all of that physical stuff that we've polluted and twisted, that's all an expression of a spiritual truth and reality that is in the spirit. But sometimes we, we can get lost in thinking like, well, what has God like, well, you know, I'm still struggling with this. God hasn't freed me from that. God hasn't done this. God hasn't done that. God had. So if God loved me and we're wondering like, well, how can I be established in this or be thankful for what God's done for me when there's still so many issues, problems and things going on that I haven't like tangibly seen freedom from? Well, here's where it like to me where I, it never gets old to me. It's always excites me just thinking about it, talking about it. It's like you already read it is John 316. Here's the reality of why you have like if God didn't love you would he have sent his son? So we get lost in the weeds of like, well, if God loved me, then this, and, and he would have healed me and this and bubble, boom, boom, boom. And the reality is like, we're already thinking outside of him and his kingdom, because if God didn't love me, would he have sent his son? And I, I'm just super convinced we can conceptualize that in our brain, in our mind, but not truly tangibly receive it, that revelation in our hearts that, that, to where it like springs up this well of eternal life. And so we can even really easily get caught in weighing, well, God doesn't love me because of X or because of Y or because of went into this super simple foundational reality of why you can be thankful because while I was a sinner, Christ died for me. While I was wayward, while I was lost, while I wasn't even giving a look or thought in his direction, he said, I will, I will come running from heaven. I will leave every comfort that I have. I will leave all power. I will leave all this stuff and place myself into the body of a, like a feeble person and live through pooping my diaper, getting stinking B.O., smelling you know eat, like being hungry all, I'm, live through all of this for that one person like that's what you have to be thankful for that's what i have to be thankful for and we can live in that simple place okay sorry john go bro no that is so good it this is it's part of the gospel um jesus broke the bread and you know gave, gave the wine and he says you know as as often as you do this remember me um so it's it's so it's so vital to remember what god has done for us what he is doing for for us and what he will do for us um but here's the definition of love in first corinthians 13 4 through 8 esv love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. So that's our aim, guys, is it's like, oh, oh wow, that's that's the Lord right there. That's in some measure, that's the Dude, Lord. And that's that's what we're called to right there. Um, but oh moving goodness. moving forward, now that we have 
who God is, a part of his character, let's go back into, well, how do I receive faith? How do I get faith? Teach me, John. Okay. So let me first say that there were two instances where Jesus marveled at the faith that two individuals had. One, you mentioned the soldier. Yeah. Who just, he understood a reality of authority. Uh, authority. Yeah. He says, I'll say to this guy and they go. So you just tell me and I know it's done. Like, whoa, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm marveling it, it, at it still. It, it marveled. It, and what does the word say? The word says it is impossible to please or without faith, it is impossible to please God. So Jesus was just so pleased at their faith. Like, oh, it blesses him. We bless him when we have faith. And faith is also believing and trusting God at his word, yeah. at yeah. the word of God. We trust him at his word. Um, that applied to the Old Testament and that applies in the New Testament. We trust and rest in the word that was spoken and that has been spoken, and he is speaking. Um, okay, wow. And then the other one was the woman. The woman actually contended for her healing. Contended. Because at first, Jesus denied her of the right to the Oh, right. yeah. But she said, even the dogs will eat the crumbs that fall off and he looked at her and just marveled wow how great is your faith go they're made whole what she was contending for she got she okay we need to we need to stop there because how many times do we might go to jesus or go to the lord and we don't hear anything we don't see anything and we stop. We stop pursuing him. But this woman knew who Jesus was, knew what he could do, saw what he did, and was like, no, I'm not taking that for an answer. You can do it. Do it. And, they, and, and he did it. He could, she contended for her faith. I think that's very important to note that just because we don't see it, we pray for somebody, we don't see it, doesn't mean it's not God's will for that person to be healed, saved, delivered, or whatever. In Romans, um, since we're on the topic, in Romans 12, we, we, we need to know what the will of God is. In Romans 12, 2, um, is it 12 to 2? Where is it at? Mm, it's not 12 to 2. I, I don't know what you're looking for. Uh, I'm looking for when it says renew your mind. Oh, that's, uh, that, that's in the Bible, I think. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Um, what the heck? I should, tw I thought it was 12 to 2. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, it is. So it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Like, how do we renew our mind? I think, you know, John, that ties perfectly into you. You can tie back into, I mean, I think anyways, how, how we renew our mind to some degree is the same way. How do we grow in faith? Okay. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm getting there. How do we, how do we get faith? Well, two things. You mentioned it in the first one. It's a gift. There is a literal gift of faith in first Corinthians, um, talks about the many gifts it says there are different kinds there are varieties um i'm gonna go to AS, nasb that's my favorite translation but there are varieties of effects but the same god who works all during all things in all persons first corinthians 12 6 7 but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good <laughs> For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit. And then, nine, I know I'm going a little slow. <laughs> to another faith by the same spirit, and to another gifts of healing by that one spirit. So right there, boom, it's a gift. Paul even goes on to say to be, be earnest about desiring those spiritual gifts. Like I, though God gives them, I believe he is also a great rewarder for those who diligently seek him and just receive it, ask of him freely. He gives. Um, so that's one way we receive. It's a gift. It's a spiritual gift Two. It says in Romans 10, man, he's just popping off in Romans. It's crazy. Um, in Romans 10, Turn there. We look at verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So we can grow our faith, build our faith strengthen our faith through hearing through the word of Christ. Catch the wording. Hearing through the word of Christ. How has he spoken now? Besides the red letters in the scripture, he's spoken by the cross. His blood speaks a better word. Well, <laughs> As, we've <laughs> Well, we've been, yeah, we, we've been hitting Hebrews. What is Hebrews 1 1? It says, In the past times, God spoke to the fathers through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken through his son. He put a period after Jesus and said, There's nothing else I got to say. The mysteries revealed. Here he is. Here I am. And the truth about who you are all wrapped up in the one. 
man, come on, that, that's it right there. And so, so, so guys, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Um, do not allow your experiences to dictate what truth is and says. If your experiences if, don't line up. With correct. Truth. Correct. Don't, don't allow the enemy to tell you that based on your experience, God isn't true to his character because God does not change. He is not a liar and he is not mocked. Therefore, if your experiences do not line up with the will of God, we must understand the will of God. And, the, and to understand the will of God, we must understand the garden, his original intention for mankind, where there was no sickness, there was no death, there was no, there, there was no lack thereof. But he created everything in order for his creation, both Adam and Eve, to enjoy an abounding an abounding just environment of of just lusciousness of fruits and animals and said here you go enjoy what i have given you it's all here so now in that same manner through the cross we receive and enjoy everything god has purchased for us he says here Enjoy it. You are now, you now reign in life. You are victorious. This is, this is, this is a kingdom reality. If we live in the kingdom, it's a, it's a reality that we live on earth. Um, that is the truth for the believer. We have the believer's advantage. We have the promises of God. We have the tools. We have the infinity stones to reign in this life. We just need to know how to apply them to our life. Um, what are they? And, and again, this is the infinity stone of faith. Um, so, so vital and important in your, in your walk in the Lord. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's really all I have for this conversation. Um, I do want to share a testimony. I've mentioned this a few times, but in my, it, it, when I first started experiencing just the very power of God, let, let me just say that there is an actual power working when you become a believer. Like God has now made you a new creation by grace through faith. You have been grafted into his kingdom. Like there is a power at work in order for that to happen. Whether you realize it or not, the very power of God is necessary to see that manifest. In the same manner, in order to see certain things come about, we, we think about when, when we think about healing and all these other things, like it's the same power. It's the same power 
that lives in us, Christ in us. And so when I talk about healing, don't don't think of it as, whoa, this is crazy. Like, no, it, it people marveled in the New Testament of, uh, at the healing. And the disciples were like, why do you marvel? Like, Jesus did this. <laughs> In paraphrase, you know, like, why do you marvel? And they give all the glory to God, all the glory to Jesus. And let me just say, like, when I, I was so radical, I, I when I started listening to some preachers preach on the, on healing and, 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 and seeing those people healed, I was like, whoa, whoa, that's amazing. I need to go, I need to go pray for people. I need to go pray for people. I'm telling you, look like a fool. This is back in 2016, 17. Like, I would look like a fool going into Walmart, praying for people, not seeing them healed, but knowing that God can do it and he does do it. I saw it. I've seen it. And I don't know how many people I prayed for for a couple months before I, I saw anyone healed. And lo and behold, one of the uh, most amazing testimonies was a man that I met at Planet Fitness. And in the locker room, this man, he walked with a limp. And I was like, hey, man, may I ask what happened to your leg? And he told me that when he was a young a teenager, got in a, in a bike accident, and his his ankle had never been the same. Prayed for the man. And he felt the very power of God in his leg and was healed. But he had walked so long with the limp that he still was walking with somewhat of a limp. But two weeks later, a couple weeks later, I saw him at church. And he was walking normal. Years and years Praise and God. years. And Joe, you know this because I was yeah, I <laughs> you know, I was taught I was taught like, whoa. And it encouraged it encouraged those believers around us. It strengthened the back of believers. Faith for faith, right? right. Faith for faith. And it's so encouraging because this it's for every believer. Every believer God has empowered to live a godly life and to see different gifts manifest for his glory. And God has given you gifts and God, God is, God does not hold anything back of himself that he wants to bless you with. Like he wants to bless you. Um, but that's getting to know the will of God and, oh, he's so good. He's such a good God and uh, he, it's available for you. So I, I just, I just want to say I'm also coming through out of a tough season of loss in my family, my personal family, but I know they're rejoicing in the kingdom and I'm thankful for that. And healing has been brought about. Praise God, you know, and, and sometimes those hard questions that we wrestle through, why, why we believe we contended, why, like why don't allow God understands your pain your sorrow and your suffering wrestle. He would rather you wrestle with him than you to reject him and turn your back on him because you don't understand. 
Amen. Because he's a good God, guys. He is a good, good father. As Chris Tomlin sings, he's a good father. Um, I, I just yeah, have he, a strong he's, compassion. He's probably, he's probably listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to encourage you. God is close to the brokenhearted. Um, the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, yeah, for they shall... Yeah, just just that whole passage, just Jesus, man. Whew, he sees you. I just want to say that he's close and he sees you. He is near to you. He is not far if you're a believer. By the blood of Jesus, he is near, and he loves you. Amen. Well, I hope I hope we hit this whole faith thing. I mean, I I feel like there's I feel like we honestly barely scratched the surface, but um, and just for any many of guys, you awareness like we're not this none of this is scripted. John might have jotted down a couple questions and. So we're just talking, bouncing ideas off of each other, and, and letting the spirit stir us up. And, and uh, it's 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 not scripted. It's not this just conversation between brothers and and using a, a talking point to, to to jump off and and believing that there's seed planted. And and if there's seed planted, what does that mean? There'll be a harvest. And so. I'm, I am sure that as we jump into some of these other ones, because I mean, I got like two or three things in my mind that are like, right, tied to faith. But I know that they're also like, that's what's so amazing to me about the gospel is it's like these, these singular things are so huge and you could spend your, you spend our eternity digging into like the singular thing, but it's so tied and connected to every other facet and dimension of God. Like, you hardly can talk about one without talking about the other. So I kind of have a, a feeling that as we go through this stuff, we're literally going to be kind of building on the idea of faith and the expression of faith as we, as we go through the, you know, the other infinity stones that we talk about. Amen guys. Uh, man, Joe, thank you for this first infinity on why faith is important um, and for those listening in tune into uh, our future conversations I believe they will bless you and encourage you and empower you um, to walk out the gospel in your life and, and to help you share uh, with your family and your friends to help them see victory in their life um, man it, it that's just the Lord. The Lord wants to see you prosper um, and to make him known. So I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week or no, I'm not going to say next week. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. So yeah. Whenever there's grace through faith for it. Amen, bro. hundred percent. Love you, John. Love you too. Talk All to right, you soon. We'll talk. Yep. Bye. Bye.